Hi everyone, my name is Amanda Bulow and I'm the founder of Awesome Women in Construction, or AWIC, a not-for-profit association who provides a supporting community for women in the construction industry. I've started a podcast series called Awesome Women, taking a wide focus on women in all areas of the community, construction, automotive, mining, healthcare, farming, hospitality and many others. I have met some amazing and wonderful women in my time, and they all have a story to tell, one that we are ready to hear. The podcast guests have had and are having amazing careers. They are small business owners, many of them raising a family at the same time. Others I know are training for a variety of reasons, including representing our country in sport and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Some of you have represented your country in sport and are now writing books and carving out very successful careers. Some of our guests are employed full time and have a side hustle. Your journeys vary, but they are all inspirational and can show others what the world has to offer. You are an inspiration to me and I wanna share that with the AWIC members in our fabulous community. My intention was to have a casual chat, enabling women to tell their stories. This has definitely been achieved. I have enjoyed recording these podcasts. Now it's time for you to enjoy listening to them. Hi everybody. Well, today um, for our Awesome Women podcast, we have Julie joining us from Dedicated Staffing Solutions. Hi, Julie. Hey Amanda and hi to all the awesome women and gentlemen out there, nice Ab to see you all. Absolutely. So Julie, 30 years in the industry, where did it all begin? Well, thank you for the question Amanda. Um, interesting question, not often asked, so that's a good curveball first thing in the morning. Okay, so probably started in the industry when I was around about 16 or 17 years of age. And the one reason that I've stuck with the building construction industry is it's a real industry. Our builders are real, our staff are real, everybody is real when it comes to the industry. So I really like those attributes when you're dealing with um, clients, candidates. It's nice to see. So where have you, what roles have you had over that time, Julie? Like you've recently gone out and started um, dedicated staffing solutions and we'll come back to that shortly. But, you know, what other day jobs have you had in inverted commons? Okay, day jobs, that's an interesting one. Do we really want to go down that dark past with uh, me? Just the last couple. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so early days, started out and studied drafting. So qualified in drafting and did that back in the day when you could do that at TAFE College. Studied that, worked for a surveying company um, in land development approvals for probably about 10 odd years. After that, I've worked with um, a number of your larger residential building companies. So everything from contracts admin to maintenance and construction um, methods all the way through. I've started my cert for building construction and contracts admin. Mm -hmm. And more recently, I worked for um, Australian Industry Trade College Apprenticeships Queensland. And that's been predominantly helping younger people into career pathways, into trades or contracts administration or working within building and construction companies. So the natural progression from there for me was to work for myself and start up dedicated staffing solutions where I can help 
candidates find the right match when it comes to their career and also help builders find the right match staff. And I think it helps having the background in contracts admin, drafting, maintenance, all those areas. So when somebody is either looking as an employer or a candidate, you're speaking the real terminology. You're not speaking in unknown terms or if you're recruiting, you actually know what you're looking for, whether it comes to a software package, um, whether it's, you know, Revit in drafting or framework or data build when it comes to estimating all these clients there and you know what you're talking about from either side and you can ask specific questioning to pre-qualified candidates. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, you know, it does make a huge difference and particularly, you know, if somebody's coming to you about a role, you know, you can ask all the right questions, you know, and you can have that industry conversation. And, you know, we do have a different language um, or, you know, a construction industry language as such. Um, and if you can have that conversation with that person who's looking for that role, then you know they're going to be able to fit a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you're not wasting either party's time. So you're not interviewing candidates for the sake of interviewing candidates and you're not wasting, you know, a large construction company's time putting forward candidates that aren't going to meet exactly what their business needs, whether that's a cultural need or a specific skill set need. You know what your client wants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Julie, moving from um, a full-time, I'll say, stable role um, moving into your own business. What were some of the, um, I'll say hidden challenges or hidden, you know, you've, I know you did a lot of work, a lot of research, you know, before you stepped out and created dedicated staffing solutions. But what were some of the, I'll say hidden um, items, you know, it could be website related, it could be, um, you know, all those things that they just pop up. Like I remember when I moved house in the very beginning from home, I went to cook mashed potatoes, but I didn't have a masher, you know, so <laughs> a fork worked fine, but you yeah. know, it's those things you don't think of. And it's not because um, you haven't done all the research because I know you did, but things just pop up that you never could have seen. So were there any of those surprises? I think um, the one surprise I found was, I'd say how, you know, your printer might break down or your monitor might not mirror from your laptop or you'll have something goes wrong from an IT perspective where potentially where you've been working before as an employer, you've had an IT or a tech go-to person or something will go wrong with your website and you've just had go-to people help you along the way. So those things have really... Um, given me some steep learning curves and I'd like to um, think that YouTube and Google have been really, really helpful to me in those circumstances because nearly every situation that you have, if you type that into Google, there is either a Google uh, checklist to work through or there's a YouTube little clip you can watch and then all of a sudden your printer's reconnected and you can troubleshoot those issues with you know which printer I'm talking about also <laughs> and um, all of a sudden... <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden right. your, your printer's working again yeah. so um, there's definitely I suppose the IT side of it that I have probably struggled with yeah. and I think the other part of it is walking away from having a salary position to your own business 
the lack of, I suppose, foresight into having, you know, when is the next invoice going out or when is the next invoice being paid or, you know, before you may have an accounts payable or a receivable that looks after your invoicing and does that data control and follow up, but you're that go-to person all the time. So if it's marketing, you're the go-to person. If it's invoicing, you're the go-to person. If it's IT, you're the go-to person. So I think that you might have had set procedures in previous full-time employment, but when it comes to your own business, it's still trying to maintain those procedures and run your business as you would have worked in a previous you know, role where you're running those areas and looking after those areas. Mm -hmm. And there is a level of uncertainty when it comes to backing yourself and you know, starting your own business. You need to know that you're going to have your own business development skills to have a continuity of workflow and pipeline where you've got clients coming in the door, candidates coming in the door. So you really have to have a very positive and motivated mindset to keep that continuity, particularly having, you know, in the midst of this, have COVID drop on my doorstep, which mm. is um, a lovely little chapter to learning and motivation and keeping business continuity, keeping routines, keeping motivated, keep coming into the office, keep doing the same hours. And if something's not working, try something else keep in contact with your clients, just keep on going because COVID will only last a short time in comparison to the rest of your career and your business itself. So it really does come down to backing yourself, you know, in that small business situation, you know. We all can have um, a bad day in the office, um, but, you know, when it's just you, it, um, you know, I guess that's too when you need to be reaching out to your support, you know, team and network as well. Definitely. And I think that when you start a business as you know, yourself, there's not all those go-to people. So being part of, for example, AWIC, you know, being able to ring up and say, hey, Amanda, I'm having a really good or really bad or this is happening to me. Have you experienced that before? Having a fabulous support network has been incredibly helpful and things where, you know, before you come back to work after Christmas and you'd have a team of you know, 20 or 30 people that you're working with or hundreds of people, you'd come back and you'd be like, hey, how are you going? How was your Christmas? All of a sudden you're coming back to your business and you're asking yourself, how was your Christmas? So yeah. it's really important that you do surround yourself with like-minded business professionals to keep um, in contact and have those conversations with. So where, like the industry has had, uh, I'm going to say a couple of rough years um, and we were coming, you know, out of it, talking to a few people, you know, December, January, February sales were strong. And then like you mentioned, COVID knocked on our door and the rest of the world store. But what, what changes have you seen um, happening over the last few months and of those which ones do you think it'd be lovely if we can keep you know of those what do we want to keep I think the um, imperative thing that we need to keep is everybody's become I believe more contactable more personable more caring and making that regular contact with your colleagues or your community or your connections. Um, I think that everybody's just taken an extra level of care and concern for each other. Even if it's just reaching out and sending somebody a quick email and saying, hi, how are you going? Mm -hmm. Hope everything's okay. I'm here to chat. 
I think that when life is busy, when business is busy, some of us lose that ability to connect. And I think it's imperative post-COVID recovery that we maintain that level of personalisation with our connections. Yeah, awesome. What about, um, you know, a lot of offices who, a lot of businesses who said, you know, we can never work from home, that flexibility isn't possible in our business. You know, we've all heard those conversations and now they may not have their whole office working from home, but they may have a good half of them. Do we want to keep some of that um, flexibility? I think that's been a very interesting transition where, some businesses may have been averse to having, you know, numerous staff or a percentage of staff working remotely. COVID has definitely thrown in a curveball where all of a sudden there is no option. You know, your staff do need to work remotely, or predominantly all staff, and that in turn has developed a higher level of trust from employer to employee, and that has been really, really good, I think. And I would like to see know employers embrace that and I also think that from the alternative side where you're an employee some of those employees have actually enjoyed being at home more you know enjoyed being there with their you know younger children helping them with homeschooling um, there are obviously some that are you know can't wait for their kids to go back to school and um, as a parent you know having to work from home and do zoom meetings that can throw in a whole other dimension of um Adversity, you know, when somebody walks in and says, can I please have this, they know that. If they want to get something, go in while mum or dad's on a Zoom meeting and they'll definitely get a yes straight yeah, away. Yeah, so, right. But I do think that employers and employees have formed a new level of trust. They've seen that their workflow and um, continuity of the pipelines they've given staff and the tasks that they have given, that they have definitely seen you know, employees are committed to working hard. Employers are committed to the business. You know, this is at a hot, you know, a high percentage. So, I think that conversation when staffing do come back into, particularly our larger building companies, that there may be opportunities for both employer and employee to have those awkward conversations around. I would like to work. You know. Monday, Tuesday in the office and Wednesday, Thursday at home and I only want to work 32 hours a week. You know, can we come up with some sort of arrangement? And um, I think that that would be one really positive outcome for employer, employee and, you know, parenting and relationships as a whole. I think that um, COVID has definitely brought a level of relationships back together. You know, families that seem to be really tight where we live you know, we're constantly seeing so much more family activity compared to singular activity. And it's been really, really, you know, nice to see families out doing things together. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right in saying that it's bringing all of that together. And it is great to see, you know, particularly dad, because generally he's the last one to come home from work, um, or mum, but seeing the whole family walk, you know, going for a walk in that afternoon, um, you know, before dinner, I, I think it's great that it's reconnecting um and you know that can only be a positive as well you know for our kids to be looking back at this time you know as adults we've got a probably a different perception about COVID and how it all affected us but if our young um families can be looking back and going yeah that was when dad was home you know we had dinner together or that's when we were doing a lot more things as a family I think it's nice to have that 
different um, perception on, on COVID. I think it has been good to see that. And um, you know, things like families making homemade pizzas or families making homemade sushi or whatever it is, there's a different level of interaction because we all know once you're working and life's busy and you're driving an hour or more or commuting an hour or more each way to work and you're stuck in traffic coming home or you know you didn't get a seat on the train when you're coming home or you can't log in remotely you know like all these things happen and you get home and all of a sudden the kids you know they've been at school and they want to talk to you and tell you about the day and you're you know still in the mindset of work and haven't wound down and then it's dinner time then having this you know COVID shutdown has definitely changed that thought process for so many people that I've spoken to where they're at home all day and they're enjoying those conversations and they're you know, eating together and they're cooking together and you know. Even the stag and start, you know, being able yeah. to have breakfast with the, as a family and then going into the office instead of having to, you know, rush around because you've got to be in the office for 8 o'clock or 7.30 start, mm. you know, having those staggered starts or being able to leave at 3 or, or 4 o'clock even, you know, to get home early and have those, that unwind, like you say, in those conversations, you know, it'd be great to see some of that continue. Yeah, yeah, and even just those connections that people are having, the phone conversations with family members or ringing yeah. up friends or making the time to have the conversation. Yeah, and absolutely. I don't think anybody has done that intentionally in the past. I just think life has just been so incredibly busy for everybody that all of a sudden we've had this shutdown and everybody really has had to take a little bit of a step back and a bit of a pause. Yeah. So working with apprenticeships queensland you're mentioning that you know you are helping our next generation you know come through the construction industry and you know earlier this year um a week um partnered up with tafe and we provided some of the um students in the um, local areas um the scaffolding the future for women in construction which was all about just showcasing the available opportunities, whether it's from an apprenticeship point of view, all the way through to just the different careers and positions that are available. Because the research we did beforehand was, they simply just didn't know what was available. You know, it's not all about tool belts and dirty trucks. And, you know, you were generous with your time and um, worked with us um, on that project. So um, why was it that you wanted to get involved with that? I suppose that background in construction has been a personal one. So when I was in high school, you know, back in the day, it was highlighted to me that I should be, you know, studying graphics or I should be doing technical drawing. And back then, it sounds ridiculous, but there was hardly any females working in either a drafting type role or an estimating role, it was male predominant. So um, from a parental ex um, perspective, you know, having a girl want to do a boy's job was not something that was, I suppose, preferential as parents. So for me to go out and study drafting once I started my first full-time job, that was something know I walked into a classroom and there were no other females in that classroom in the survey office where I worked there was only you know, all the boys and the boss's wife so it was predominantly male and that continued on you know throughout a lot of my career where 
there's not a lot of females or there was in early days in those types of roles or management leading roles where you were the only female you know it's quite rare so you're not just the person who goes and grabs the tea and coffee you know excuse me miss grab me a tea and coffee all of a sudden you stepped up and you're doing something different so when it came to scaffolding for the future of young ladies I suppose that was something that I was emotionally attached to and would like to offer you know, mentorship or support um, to anybody in that space. You know, talk about career pathways, talk about how great our industry is. The industry has changed substantially in 30 years and it is absolutely fabulous to see more females doing you know, what are perceived as a male trade. Why should we be excluded from any role because we're female? I think about young men who, you know, they're not massively, you know, I suppose fit or, you know, overly healthy and you put a young female and male together, why should a male have that role over a female? So I think when it comes to scaffolding for the future of females, I'm definitely an advocate for ladies to be working in the construction space, whether that is in an apprenticeship, they're working on a trade pathway, they're working on their cert for, they're working on a professional pathway, they're working into management, whatever it is, it's imperative that we spend time providing mentorship and real conversations to the young ladies to continue on their pathway. And also voice any concerns if there's something that's not sitting right for them, because as much as you don't like to think that there's things that go on behind the scenes or there is harassment or you know small things like if they're on a you know job site with a supervisor having to go to the portaloo on site that's fine day to day but you know nobody wants to talk about it but females have you know certain things happen once a month and you know, put yourself, for example, as a person in even an air, aircraft toilet and trying to, you know, do those things, but then add in there's, you know, being 20 other guys on site that have been in that aircraft toilet. Yeah. It's not an ideal situation, but many females, you know, go through that. And whether that's, you know, holding off to go to the bathroom where they go to the nearest service station or the nearest McDonald's to use a bathroom over the site toilet, um, there's really small things along the way that could be helpful for our ladies. And I think the other thing is if they are working in a trade on site, older gentlemen in particular want to help the younger ladies, which is really, really lovely. But then there starts to be a banter between you know, the old guy helping the young girl or the young girl getting help from the old guy and potentially the young, the young tradesperson, she doesn't want that help. Mm. And then, you know, it just, there's a fine line between helping and hindering, I think, on site. And if I suppose the young lady is going through anxiety and we need you know, somebody to help them along the way to have those outward conversations, it's imperative that AWIC is there, scaffolding for the future is there, and there's ladies that our up and coming tradespeople can come and talk to at any time with no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. Fantastic. So three tips, Julie, for anybody, um, you know, who's looking to come into the industry, what would you, um, what would you say to them apart from obviously contacting dedicated staffing solutions for those opportunities? 
So are we talking entry level candidates? Yeah, let's so we're talk talking, entry level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, entry level. Um, I think the most important thing is to be authentic. So your resume is credible. If you haven't done a lot of work experience, that's fine because you might be 17 or 18 years of age and only worked for the last year at KFC or Maccas. That is absolutely fine. The one thing with doing that is the transferable skill sets you have. You, know, you might have fabulous customer service. You can work towards you know, a fast-paced environment, specific processes. Put that on your resume. That's really, really helpful. So I think authenticity. At the moment, I would also encourage anybody to put a photograph on their resume. I wouldn't normally encourage a photograph, but at the moment I am encouraging it simply because with COVID, not everybody is able to, you know, some people are less tech savvy. So when they're doing a phone interview, they have then got a name to put to that face. So that's important. And one of the other things which is often not thought about is your contact details, particularly your email address. I know um, there's some very interesting email addresses you might get from young ladies or young men. Silly Snake 69 certainly isn't a cool hotmail address or anything like that. Make it professional, use your name, use your surname, add some numbers in after it, but definitely make it a professional email address and voicemail. When I'm ringing somebody, I don't want to hear somebody coughing or sneezing or laughing or you know, preempted on the other end, I want to hear a professional voicemail message that you've left because you're going. So they're probably my three, my first impressions. Capture that person straight away by doing those small things. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. So Julie, how can people get in touch with yourself? Um, by website, which is dedicated S for staffing, S for solutions, so dedicated ss.com.au. Or feel free to phone our office on 56196188 or email anytime, julie at dedicatedss.com.au. Fantastic. Thank you for your time, Julie. And if anybody's got any questions, um, hints on a resume or, you know, if you are have only had that um, part-time job or you've been at school and just want to, you know, have a quick chat about, you know, some of those transferable skills, um, Julie, you'd be available. Yeah, definitely. Definitely here to help, um, here to mentor, here to have those conversations. We'd love yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Really, really appreciate it. No worries. And if anyone's got any questions or they want to have a chat about, you know, a situation that might be having um, happening at their workplace, feel free to reach out um, to AWIC as well. We've got a lot of ladies um, with a lot of different um, skill sets and have worked in a lot of different roles that would be able to help you as well. Fantastic. Thanks for your time, Julie. Have a fabulous day. Thanks, Amanda. You too. Bye-bye.